Blog Talk Radio.
I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and tonight I am flying solo as my co-host, Ian Bush, is visiting his beautiful, beautiful daughter. That song is by Ed Roman. It's called I Found God, and Ed will be on the show. He has been on the show before, and he will be coming back. And that was one of the songs that I did not play the night he was on the show. And with tonight's show, that song just seemed so appropriate. I am a person of great faith, and I firmly believe that God puts us in situations and places people in our lives when it is for his glory and his benefit and when he needs to in order for us to become stronger, to do something great for him, and tonight is no exception. Recently, I was at an event called Authors for Authors in Melbourne, Florida. I had not been to this event in a long, long time and almost did not go. I almost said, thank you, but I will decline the invitation to come and speak. And the the thing that I spoke about was believing in yourself and your success and your dreams. And it was a very small class. It was a very intimate class. And This beautiful, beautiful woman walked in the room and sat down and joined the class after it had already started. And as I got to talking to the class and talking to her, I found that she and I had so much in common and we were on such a a same wavelength. It it was as if God was mixed in this pot. And I, I just, I cannot explain it. It just... My heart burst with with praise and with thankfulness that, that God set me in this arena at this time with this woman. Her name is Gail Golden. She is an author. She is an award-winning poet, a blogger, an artist, and she also is an author of many inspirational articles and devotionals. She is the author of Golden Moments, Golden Musings, and Eight Days of Hanukkah and Christmas, too. She is co-author of Christmas Moments and Girl Gab. Her writings have been published in magazines and newspapers, such as Christianity Today, Upper Room, and Evangel. She is an active member of the Space Coast Writers Guild. Gail and her husband, Rabbi Jim Golden, minister together, and I may massacre this, and I humbly apologize to to Gail if I massacre the name of this synagogue. It's Megan David Masonic Synagogue in Cocoa, Florida. She enjoys teaching women the Torah and the Jewish roots of Christianity through the synagogue and on her blog, Gail Friends, which is at www.gailgolden.org. She is available to speak to groups, and you may contact her at ggolden77 at gmail. Gail, thank you, my friend, for being here. This moment in time, I do believe we were put here for this moment in time. 
I do too, and I'm so excited to be here. And thank you for letting me be here, Yvonne, because I'm excited. You know, after you and I talked before the the show, and I'm just excited, you know, about what's happening. Well, and and the thing is, ladies and gentlemen, not only are Gail and I both authors and artists, and we both have a deep faith, you can tell by our accents, we were both Georgia girls, and you can take the girl out of Georgia, but you'll never take the Georgia out of the girl. Am I right, Gail? (laughs) That's exactly right, because I didn't ever live there. As an infant, I came to Jacksonville, Florida, and that's where I lived most of my life, so I guess it just, I was born with a Georgia accent and it never has left me. <laughs> you just can't take Georgia out of the girl. It just stays That's there right. forever and a day. You yes. have, you, now, now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to just back up here just a minute and give you a little history of Gail and I. In the, Rim of the quote unquote, and that Gail, I'm using this term very loosely. Religious world. I am a Gentile, and Gail is is a Jewish woman. However, our common faith and our common belief has completely obliterated those titles. We are two Christian women at a time that we have been placed here for. So, Gail, before we get into that, give the folks a little bit of history because your faith and your past is not one of a typical Jewish woman. And when I say that, you believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Am I correct? That's right, Yvonne, and um, I will tell you a little bit about my history. Um, I was raised as a Southern Baptist, and I, you know, all of my life I was taken to church, And but I can remember as a nine-year-old girl that I asked my pastor, I said, I do not understand, because I read the Bible even at nine years old, I said, I don't understand why... We are um, having the Sabbath on Sunday because, you know, I've read the Bible and it's Saturday. And so he told me that that had been changed. And so being a nine-year-old girl, I just let that go. But all of my life, even into adult life, I had this love of anything about Jewish. And I wanted to go to a synagogue. And so I had a a Sunday school teacher who was Jewish, and I talked to her about it all, and she had converted to Christianity. Well, my story is, you know, I was raised and I accepted, we call Jesus Yeshua, because that's his Hebrew name. Correct. And and so, anyway, when I came down here to Brevard County, um, I began to go to what was called Jewish Roots Churches. And there I learned about some of the traditions of Judaism, but it was still like a church. And so then I, um, one of the things that we focus on in Judaism is what's called the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. And so I started studying the Torah. And God was just working in my life, Yvonne, that's all I can tell you, because I, the real turning point of my life, 
because I had been baptized as a little girl at nine years old. And, you know, I loved God all of my life. I read the Bible all of my life. And when I was in my 50s, I remember getting on my knees and praying to God and saying to God, God, I have loved you all of my life. I've done everything that the church has told me to do. And yet I've had some real hard things happen to me. And I don't understand why these hard things are happening to me. And what I want to do, what I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, dear God, is that I am following you. Not a church, not a denomination, not a religion, not a pastor, a preacher. I want to know that I am following you. And that was when I began to go to the Jewish Roots churches. And then I just never dreamed, Yvonne, that he was going to give me my own personal rabbi. And that's my journey. You know, I'm still learning. I believe in Yeshua as the Messiah. We're called Messianic Jews. And we we keep the traditions of Judaism, but we believe and we preach and we believe in Yeshua as our Messiah. So we are kind of a a different breed. <laughs> it's a different but the, breed. But the beauty is that in your journey, you have touched so many people. And you are proud of the fact that you have a personal relationship with God. And when when we have that personal relationship with God, it's not hard to say God is in control of our lives. Absolutely. That is so true. And, you know, we might call each other different names, labels, but the spirit, the spirit, is what witnesses between you and me. You are absolutely right. And ladies and gentlemen, this happened in our discussion group because as soon as Gail came in and sat down with her, and I don't feel that connection with too many people because as an empath, I stay pretty closed. I have to because I pick up the bad vibes and the good vibes, and it gets Tiring. I get exhausted, especially when I'm doing a in a discussion setting because you've got all these different personalities bouncing around the room. But when when you walked in that room and sat down, it was like this person is very calming to me. I don't have to put up this wall with her because she and I are speaking the same language. And I don't know if the other folks picked up on it or not, but it I can't. Ex- Explain the difference in the electricity in the room when you sat down than before. Well, it was it was God. Of it course, was God it was. touching you and me. It was God touching you and me because I was so encouraged by you in that class. I really was. You well, know, I you. thought this woman can really encourage people, and you know, I felt so happy. That I decided to come to that <laughs> class, you know. 
I thought, thank you, Lord, that I listened whenever you told me to get up and leave the other one I was in. <laughs> she was in another discussion group with her husband, and I, there was, what, four or five of us in this in my discussion group. It's a very small group. And she came in after it had already started, and she told me afterwards that she had to leave, that that, that particular discussion group was just, I think you said, driving you out of your mind. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was because it was it was about non. It was about learning how to do fiction writing, and I can't tell you how many classes I've been to about that. And I've just come to the conclusion I cannot do it. You know, God has called me to tell people what He's done for me because it is so much that I just want people to know it. I want people to know that he is real, that he loves us, that he cares about us, that he wants to bless us and help us. And think about it, Yvonne. God has preserved that Bible for thousands of years. Through wars, through famines, through floods, through you name it. And he said... That he would preserve his word. He he made that quite clear when he told the inspired writers to put it down. People make a big deal of finding the Dead Sea Scrolls and finding out. God made it very clear that this would happen. Well, it's important, you know, and, and I don't know if you know this. I've learned so much since I began to walk in the ways of Judaism. But Jews take that so seriously about preserving God's word. I yes, mean, they do. The Torah scrolls, the Torah scrolls that we like, we have have one in our synagogue that's over 350 years old. And did you know that you have to Google to learn how to write a Torah in the Hebrew? Because if you make a mistake, you have to start over. And so people go to school to learn how to do this, and you know they don't. They don't. They are very particular about anything that has God's word on it. It's a whole different thing that I was not used to in the in the church. But they are. They've been commissioned by God to preserve that word. And and this is another thing that that people do not understand. And and some of my Jewish friends don't even get it. I remember my sister asking my mother's neighbor, who was a Jewish woman why she hated being a Jew so bad. And and my sister said, you were God's chosen people. He picked you for his son to come through. That's something that you should be proud of. Well, yes, and my husband is very proud of that. You know, I was not born a Jew. I've accepted Judaism. But... There are sufferings related to being Jewish. There are indeed. And there are indeed all over the world. I have suffered some of them, and my husband has suffered some of them. And, you know, I don't want to talk about that. But they do take it very seriously, their traditions, their, you know, the things that are Judaism. And when you stop and think about it, Yeshua was Jewish. His disciples were Jewish. There was not a a New Testament written when they were walking with Yeshua. 
And no, she was it was all by word. It was all word of mouth. It was all being taught. It was all fluid and and happening in the moment. All of the letters were written after he ascended. Absolutely, and they weren't compiled for a hundred years or more. I don't know. I can't remember things like that, but my husband does. <laughs> but yeah, they were know, compiled. It, he didn't. He did not teach anything against what. The, the Torah teaches. No, and I call the Torah, I call the Torah Bible 101. When I began to study the Torah, a lot of the things in the New Testament made sense to me that did not before. As much as I'd been in church. And it, it's just amazing. And I still learn. I'm still learning every day. And that's what's so exciting, I think, about the Bible you know that you it keeps teaching it's it's a living thing it is living and i'm and you know I, I i can't tell you as many times as i've read it it'll still jump off the page to me and things you you didn't see the first 200 times you read it all of a sudden there is perfectly clear absolutely that is exactly what's happened and it happened this week it happens wow. every week. A lot of times it happens every day, you know, because I'm not going to say that I read the Bible every day, but just about, you know, I try to do that because it is life to me. Mm-hmm. And, and the know, more it, you read, the more you get into the word, the, it's it's like an addiction. The more you want to know, the more you want to dig, the more you want to learn. Absolutely. It's so true. And, you know, I want to speak about the, the beauty of of Judaism because it is so beautiful. It's a very tactile religion. You know, God, you know, has symbols in Judaism that, mm-hmm. I don't know, they just make it understandable, you know. And, you know, like the, um, the tallit that the men wear, it's like, uh, uh, it's like God's rock, wrapping his arms around you. Right. You know, and the head, the, I know you've seen the men with the yarmulke on their head. Well, that's mm-hmm. like God's hand on your head. And, and, so, and that's, that's what we want. We want to be completely wrapped up in God. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I found. You know, I believed in Yeshua. All my life, I can't remember not believing in God. And when I heard about, you know, Yeshua, I believed in Yeshua. And I've always wanted more. You know, I've sought to know more about God. And I have not been disappointed. You know, at the point where I got on my knees, I just cried out for more. I said, God, you know, I just want more. And I didn't know where that prayer was going to take me. And I want to tell you a little story here. Because that's what I do. I just like to tell stories about what God has done for me. And this one will just touch your heart. Because before I had prayed that prayer, I was at a very dark point in my life. I had had two divorces. And I thought, I am in bad shape. You know, I must be a bad woman to have had two divorces. And I didn't want to live, Yvonne. And I cried out to God, and I said, God, if you want me to live, I pray that you will let 
somebody call me right now on the phone. And that phone rang. And I picked up the phone. And this woman had just called me just to say, hey, how are you doing? Nothing really conversation-wise, just a very short conversation. But the interesting part about it was that before I prayed that prayer, God had put it on her heart to call me. And that just gives me chills. Mm-hmm. And it happened. It happened exactly like that. And the neat thing about it, too, this was amazing because I wasn't walking in Judaism at that time, but she was Jewish. See? And God, she, puts people, and I, God puts people when we need them. He does. And what was neat was I asked her to take me to the synagogue, and she did. And it's just it was just the most wonderful experience going there and seeing what they did, Yvonne, because what they we do in Judaism, one of the things we do is we call it parading the Torah scroll. And someone carries the Torah scroll around the room, and we all reach out and touch it with our fingers or our Bibles, prayer books, and then bring it to our lips because his word is like honey to our lips. And that then is very true. We don't, and as that scroll passes by, we don't turn our backs on it. We cover, we turn our bodies and look at it with our eyes because we're not to turn our backs on the Word of God. And that just meant so much to me when I saw that. And that's what I mean about it being tactile. You know, and Yeshua... We read about him in the New Testament, but he's all over mm-hmm. the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. You know, and he, you know, I see, but I see the New Testament now through the lens of the Torah. And so it's just, it's just more learning, and I'm excited, and, you know, about it. I love it. I love learning more. And you get to thinking sometimes you might think, well, don't you think you've learned enough, or haven't you learned everything by now? I'm 70 years old, Yvonne, but I'm not tired of learning. Well, I'm 72, and I don't think we ever get too old to learn. It's even crossed my mind to go back to college for the second time, but because I just I love learning. But what I would I really like to do, but what I would really like to do, not because I want to be a preacher, but because I want I want to delve even more into the word. I would love to go to the Memphis School of Preaching, but I don't think they would let me do that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it I don't think you have little. to have any kind of I don't think you have to have any degrees to be able to preach. I really don't. Well, no, I believe you don't, but but just being around all those learned scholars and all those men of God and and just picking their brains and learning at their feet. To me, that would be the epitome of of being able to learn so intensely and so fully and to be able to go back and forth and, and debate and talk about it and just sometimes I wish I'd been born a man so I could preach. But that being said, <laughs> I can teach <laughs> 
But well, you can before, teach. Yes, you can. can. And, that's, and I do that teach. is what I don't consider myself a preacher. I mean, I, I know that I'm a teacher. I love to teach things, and I love to, to teach women, you know, because that's on my heart, you know, about the women of today. Um, in the New Testament, it says that the older women are to teach the younger women. And, and so and that see, is ladies, on my heart. See, ladies and gentlemen, this this. I was getting ready to bring this up, and she just went right into it like this thing was scripted. It is not scripted. We're just having a conversation, but I was getting ready to bring that up and then go back to what we were talking about before we went live about the story of Esther. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who do not remember or don't know about Esther, She's in the Old Testament, and she and her uncle were captives. The The Jews had been taken captive in one of their many times, and she was one of the wives of the king. And there was a plot to kill the king, and her uncle Mordecai, who sat at the gate, heard about the plot. He told Esther about the plot to overthrow the king. And Esther said, what do you want me to do about it? And he said, I want you to go and tell the king. And Gail, tell the audience what, what after Esther said, he, I may be killed, what did Mordecai say to her? He said, perhaps you were born for such a time as this. And then Esther said, if I die, I die. Mm-hmm. If I perish, I perish, yes. Now, now, ladies, understand this is our time as women. And we don't have to burn our bras. We don't have to march in silly parades with pink vaginas on our head. We don't have to act like men. We don't have to talk like men. We don't have to run around with our body parts hanging out. But we have a purpose as strong women. Am I not right, Gail? Absolutely, Yvonne. You know, that's that's just on my heart, you know, because you and I went through that. We went through the the 70s and the 80s and the, you know, the women's movement. And, you know, I come from a long line of strong women. So and I do bet I. you do too. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, I have some strong women in my in my life and in my family, and I have a lot of relatives. And, you know, what God has called me to do, and I'm I'm impressed on it every year because, the story you told about Esther is called Purim in Judaism. And we celebrate that every year. And I'm always convicted and and encouraged and spurred on to remember that, you know, that I'm here for a reason. God has me here during this time for a reason. And this is this is a hard time in history, wouldn't you agree, Yvonne? Oh yes. It it's like we've re- we're repeating the the 60s over and over again i feel like we're in groundhog day because we didn't learn from vietnam so now we have 
the pullout in Afghanistan and all of our people are getting killed. But it's not just that. It's the decline of our nation in general. What's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. And there are no, there's no moral compass anymore. And, you know, the reason for that, Yvonne, is that the, the churches and even the synagogues are not holding fast to what God says. You know, they're making allowances for politically correct ideas. I can and never so, be accused you know, of that. I couldn't either. That's another <laughs> thing I think we have in common. You know, but this is a time in history, just like Esther, you know, if I perish, I perish. But I have to stand up and say what God has called me to do and to say. It is so heavy on my heart, you know, to to teach the younger women, to to stand up and be lovers of their husband, lovers of their children, keepers of their homes, you know, because that is something that's going by the wayside. You are right. You know, and that it is so important. You know, the mother in the home is so important. And so I want to encourage women and, and especially mothers, young mothers. That the sad to, to part look at is... what they're doing. I want them to look at what they're doing as so important. Because as they teach them to obey God, did you know that that is a weapon of war? It is. We're in spiritual warfare right now. We are and, indeed. And one of the things that we can do, because, I mean, you're probably like me, you know, coming up in church, you know, and you know about what the New Testament says about our spiritual warfare. And we are to, to do those things. And But one of the things that, you don't hear talked about a lot is the weapon of obedience. Mm-hmm. Because when we obey God, we are resisting the evil one. Very and true. I don't know about you, Yvonne, but I know I can see such a shift away from um, obeying God because I don't, you, you're my age, so you remember. Even yep. on Sunday, the stores were closed, everything was closed down for Sunday. Yep. Right. It was. Mm-hmm. You know, business is closed to honor God, and that's gone. And I was—I grew up in school where we read the Bible every day. Yep. In our in the classroom, we had the Ten Commandments on the wall of the school, and so when we live according to what God says to do, it preserves our nation. And when we deviate from that, we wind up in captivity. Yes, we do. And that's what we, me, I am am called to do, is to tell people, yes, you are to accept Yeshua as the Messiah. He's the only one that can pay for your sins, only his blood. But the reason he had to die was because of the breaking of God's commandments. And yes. so we have to go back to those. We have to go back to doing, my my husband calls it the right thing, doing the right thing. And we don't well, know the right thing if we don't read the Bible. <laughs> and, and and we are, 
I teach a ladies' Bible class on Wednesday night, and we are doing the the Bible in 365 days. And we are in the right now. We're right smack dab in the middle of the the Israelites becoming captives by the Babylonians. And one of the things that God tells the prophets to tell them is one of the reasons they're going into captivity is because they have stepped away from him. They have turned to idols. They have embraced the, the worship of those idols and um, destroying their children and sacrificing their children to those idols. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking to myself, we're doing that today when we are allowing unborn children to be terminated. We're sacrificing to those same idols. You know, you're so right. And it and it's so sad, you know, to me because these women, and my heart goes out to these women too, because they've been told a lie. They have. They've been told. They've been told that it's just a clump of cells. Yep. You know, but what? What they don't understand is that that is a living child from the very beginning. And, you know, if there's anybody out there listening that has had an abortion, God will forgive you for that. If you admit that what you did was wrong and ask his forgiveness, he will. And, you know, one of the things that I know and I've seen is that women who have had those abortions have mental problems. Mm-hmm. They do. And, you know, reason why is because, and, and there's a lot of that today, it's double-mindedness. It's yep. like if I tell you, you know, if I if you're looking at the flag and I say it's red, white, and blue, and then somebody else, like the government, tells you that it's yellow, green, and orange, and you keep having to tell yourself, no, no, it's yellow, green, and orange, then you're going to have mental problems. Total complexion. Yes. It's double-mindedness, and you can't live like that and survive mentally because it's going to mess you up. Now, that's just Gail's philosophy. I never read this anywhere, but I believe it's so. And, you know, we're being told lies every day about a lot of different things. We are. We are indeed. And so, you know, that's why we have to stay close to what God says, because it it preserved our country for many years. I believe that. I and believe now, our country has survived because we were obeying God. And now not so much. And now not so much. More and more and, I'm getting away from you. And when you go back and you look at at history, and as a history buff, I soak up history like a sponge. But every great nation before that nation fell, and, and when you go back and you read in the Old Testament, which parallels history, because as, as God's talking about taking the Israelites into captivity between the two kingdoms, he's also talking about what he's going to do to these other empires that are taking the Israelites into captivity because he's allowed it. But he's also going to punish them. So when you go back and you parallel what the Old Testament talks about versus what history shows us, every 
great empire before it fell came as decadent as we are becoming now. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly right. And we have to learn from that. And, you know, there's a scripture that's quoted so often, and I know you know that scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And that is true. And we pray that prayer. We pray that prayer. But we don't recognize and realize that what we're doing is we're not obeying God. Right. We're not obeying God. And we, to turn our country around, the only way it's going to turn around is for us, all of us who know God, to seek his face and obey him. And not to be afraid to speak out. Absolutely. You know, and we, you know, they say that there's two things you shouldn't talk about. One's politics and one's religion. Well, that's what's wrong with America now. We don't talk about it anymore. No, we don't. Out of fear. Out of fear. Because we, well, that, and we don't want to offend someone else. Well, if I am offended that I am not allowed to speak of my faith in God and what God has done for for me and what he can do for someone else and, and the things that God has seen me through that it would have killed a normal person. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> me too. Well, you know, and anybody that knows me knows that I don't keep my mouth shut about things like this, you know. <laughs> and I, I know that God has called us. He's given us that that type of personality that, you know, just won't back down Mm-mm. and you know because it is it is burning in my soul for my country and as the women go so goes the nation so that's what we were born for now we were born for this to call people back to God back yep. to obeying God and reading and his word and to to teach the women who have been completely brainwashed and completely propagandized that whatever they choose to do is okay because they've been so held down and so marginalized for centuries well that's not necessarily true. Some of the strongest women I knew were in the Bible, and and let's take Esther. She was a queen. She was a captive queen. She was a, a Jewish woman as a wife of a captive king, and look what she did. Look what she was mm-hmm. able to. She saved her people because she trusted God. That's it. She trusted God. And that's what we've got to do. You know, in the face of everything that's happening right now, you know, because this is a perilous time that we live in. It is. And we will either take a stand and fight back in the spirit and according to our rights, 
And I got real clear on that because, you know, some people say, well, you're supposed to do what the government says and to bow to the government. Well, no. No. Mm-mm. Think about this. That even during the time of Yeshua, there were courts, there mm-hmm. were authorities, there were, and in the time of Paul, there was the Roman. He was a Roman citizen. He appealed up the line until he got to somebody who heard his case. Exactly. We have a system. We have a system, and we have a duty to preserve what God has blessed us with in this country and to because stand is, up for our constitution. Because he is the ultimate court. He Absolutely. is the final court. He is the one that we answer to when this journey ends. Absolutely. And I, and that verse right there is what made me bow my knee to God. Because I read that verse in the Bible that says, you know, in that day, they will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I will say, depart from me. I never knew you, you mm-hmm. who practice lawlessness. And I didn't want that to be me. And so I prayed to God for him to teach me what that meant and how to do that, because I don't want to go to the other place. And I do, I do want to please God. He's done so much for me. And he has blessed me, like you said. You know, God has blessed me so much. And, and the thing is, when we, when you and I say that God has blessed us, I get the earworms in my ear and, and, and I hear, well, how has he blessed you? Are you a millionaire? I have food on my table. I have a roof over my head. I have enough money to sustain me. I have people that love me. I also have suffered loss. But in that suffering of loss, I have had the comfort, comforter, also known as the Holy Spirit, that has kept me grounded in my faith and understanding that God sees way down the road. And he has a plan. So when I say I have been blessed, that is the greatest blessing. It is, you know, and I can tell you that too. You know, you're right. If you say that to somebody, they think, well, you know, you probably haven't ever had to suffer. Well, I have. And I'll tell you a quick story. I have a lot of stories about that in my book. And they're about how God provides for me, guides Uh me, teaches me, prepares me, just all these different things that God is and does. But this story taught me so much. And that's what I say is that I've never gone through any trial, but that God did not teach me something more about him. Exactly. And I have learned from it because I can tell you this. When I was in my 40s, I had to have, I had just been divorced, and I had to have a, a major operation. And so that meant that I, and I was 
at that point, I was divorced. I had to support myself, and I couldn't work for eight weeks. And one of my friends came to my job and took over my place. And this is what happened to me within the space of eight weeks, Yvonne. I got a divorce. I lost my health completely for eight weeks. I had no income, and I had to move out of the house that I was living in. And so I was faced with all of that and not able to get up and work because I've always, you know, worked. I don't expect anybody Mm -hmm. to take care of me. But God supernaturally brought me the money that I needed to meet my needs. God provides when we when we when we truly believe that God provides us what we need when we need it and turn it all over to him he provides it he's promised he that you know he didn't promise us a Cadillac no but he promised he would meet our needs correct so you know i'm not rich I am not rich in money, but I'm so rich, and I've always felt rich because of God in my life. I am rich. I am filthy rich. <laughs> you and me both. And, and another thing that people don't think about when when they suffer a loss, and I think I told you how many people I've lost since 2011, I've lost a, a lot of my family. And when people say, well, nobody understands, oh, I beg to differ. There is one entity that understands better than anyone else, and that is God, because he lost his son. He not only lost his son, he allowed his son to die. That's so true. That is so true. And And at any time... And at any time, he could have stopped it, but he didn't. No. For us. That's it, for his great love for us. And I'm so thankful. I am so thankful. And, and He we, will meet our needs. He, he will. meets our needs. Daily. He does. And that is, that's what I have to say. You know, I don't understand. I'm going through a hard thing right now, but... I don't understand why, and I, it's very painful, but I know that God's teaching me through it. God is teaching me. He's always teaching me. And, and, and not only know, is he teaching you, he's giving you this, the mental, emotional, and spiritual strength to get through it. And what I tell the children is this. Whatever the end result is, it will be okay. Yep. Because God's in charge. Yes. And you know what else? I'm sure you can know that this is true. Used to, I used to think the worst thing that could happen would be whatever, X. Right. But it turned out to be the best thing. Turned out to be the best thing. Has that happened to you? Many times. Many, many mm-hmm. times it, when when I was going through it, my faith is not, I've always had faith, but it has not always been as grounded as it is since I've gotten older. And I just felt like that my world was completely shattered. 
but when it was over and done with and I looked back, it was a wonderful teaching moment. It, I was where I needed to be after that. Absolutely. That's it, because he says, I work all things together for good for those who are called according to my purpose. Exactly. And that I'm is sure what it, we're talking about right there. I'm sure Esther didn't want to be in captivity. I'm sure Esther didn't want to be one of the king's concubines or queens or wives. She was, and she was there for a purpose because God allowed it to happen so that she could save her people. Yep, that's right. I'm sure it's a that wonderful, that, wonderful lesson. I love that story of Esther, don't you? I do. I to me because also what people don't understand is the the women that Jesus came through were not perfect women. Rahab was a harlot. Yep. Ruth was a um, a Moabite. She wasn't mm-hmm. even a Jewish woman. Esther was in captivity. Um, um, uh, David's wife Bathsheba. She was basically stolen property, but but through all of those circumstances that were put there. And through everything that happened, the end result was our Savior. Yes. And another good point there, you know, in naming those women like that, one of the things that they all did, and even the the scarlet woman that Jesus, you know, found in, uh, she had all those many husbands. Correct. They they just they made a decision. Yes. They made a decision to follow God. And That's their lives were made common. And, and their lives were made better for it. Absolutely. And and they left a lasting legacy. And this is another thing that women don't understand is we may forget who the next who the last president was, but we never forget the women who made an impact and the women in the Bible growing up in the church of Christ, we weren't really, didn't really study the women in the Bible because they, again, that was in the fifties and sixties. But as, as I grew up and studied the women of the Bible, number one, they were strong women. Number two, their legacy lived on through the birth of Christ. That was never discussed. Hmm. And when you see that transition and when you see that genealogy of all those women and what they went through and what the end result was, I want to be like those women. Well, yes, they left an example for us to follow. They sure did. I want to be and as I'm strong as those women. Uh, me too, because we are we we are here for such a time as this. And my dear friend, you're not going to believe this. We are three minutes out from the end of this show. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> it 
Well, well it was great. It was fun. I didn't even it didn't even feel like for ten minutes. <laughs> I know that's what happens. So before we close, tell the folks where they can find your books. Okay, they can find my books on my website, gailgolden.org, or they can go to Amazon. They can also go to um, Barnes and Noble. And my name is Gail G. Golden. Yeah, because there's several Gail Goldens out there. I found that out today when I was doing some searching on the on the internet. But also, ladies and gentlemen, go to her Gail Dash Friends and read her blog because it is an amazing blog. This I'm going to call this woman my sister in the spirit now because she and I have made such a connection and. I will, will you come back, Gail? I sure will. I'll be glad to. I love talking to you. Well, thank you. So we will bring her back, ladies and gentlemen, and we will probably continue this conversation because this is something that needs to be neat. We're going, as we say, preach it, sister. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. tomorrow night, tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, David Williamson will is scheduled to be with us. He was not able to be with us the last time I had him scheduled. So he will is scheduled to be with us at eight o'clock Eastern time. This show will go up into archives and Gail, when it does archive, I will post it on my page. Plus I will tag you in it. Feel free to put this anywhere on your social media that you want to. Thank because, you, Yvonne. And thank you so much for inviting me. I enjoyed it. Well, I did too. It's, it's, not often that I get to go into 33-plus countries with 146,000 listeners and have this kind of conversation. And who knows, we may touch one woman's life. And if we touch one woman's life, then this sit-down will have been so worth it. Yes, hallelujah. So, ladies and gentlemen, go and check out author Gail G. Golden. She will be coming back. I want to thank her for being on Off the Chain with me. I am your host, Yvonne Mason. Join us again tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Time when we do bring on Davey Williamson. Gail, I will get you rescheduled, my friend, and I want us to have lunch together real soon. Oh, I'd love to. That'd be great. Thank I you, think, I think we will have a ball. I will talk to you later, my sweet friend. All right. Shalom. Shalom. Good night, everyone.